Welcome to part eight, our final installment in our series, Suit Up. If you're joining with us for the first time, we've been taking a look at different ways that God actually um, offers to empower us to live lives that can overcome, lives that are meant to be resilient, uh, to push back, to not just survive, but to actually um, be able to even advance and take territory, even during seasons like, like the one that we're busy enduring all around the world right now. And what I'm wanting to wrap up with today is based on verse 18. So it's just after this passage that we've been looking at over the last several weeks found in Ephesians chapter 6. And I'm going to uh, touch on probably the single most significant area that has affected my life over the last five years. The way that I've shifted my, my way of communicating with God, my prayer life has, in my opinion, dramatically changed my life from the inside out. And so I'd love to just share a little bit about that with you in a few moments. But just to quickly recap, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says a final word. This is Paul the Apostle writing to the Christians in Ephesus. And he says, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. He then goes on in verse 13 to say, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And then after the battle, you will be standing firm. And we've taken a look at all of these different metaphors. Again, I don't want you to focus on the metaphor. I want you to focus on what it represents. Things like truth, salvation, peace, righteousness. So, so living rightly, um, picking up the word of God and reflecting on it and obeying it, applying it. And last week, we took a look at faith and the role that faith can play in our lives. But then verse 18 of Ephesians chapter 6 starts off with the word and. So in addition to these different uh, parts of, of, these, of the armor, the, the ways that God strengthens us and fuels us every day, in addition, it says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. There are two significant phrases. I mean, there's actually so much in that passage. I don't even, I don't even have time to unpack all of it, but two particular phrases that I want to highlight to you. The first one is the phrase in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. You might notice that it's a capital S. So that's, that's not referring to us just being spiritual. A lot of people might feel like they're spiritual, but that's not necessarily referring to God's Spirit or the Holy Spirit. The capital S is referring to God's Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit. And what that is referring to is that as we pray in the Spirit, we are in relationship with, we are connected to Him. We are trying to be sensitive to His prompts, to His thoughts. Um, he gives us wisdom. He gives us perspective. And so you're not wanting to do all of this in your own strength. In fact, so much of this whole series, this whole passage in Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10 onwards, it's all about not doing it in your own strength. And so we want to be in relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment, how we, how we nurture that prayer life. But I do also want to highlight the fact that the Bible in many places in the New Testament makes reference to something that we might call a heavenly language or which is more commonly referred to as tongues, praying in tongues. There's a whole bunch of, of 
reasons why people are a little bit nervous about that. A whole bunch of people have, have I think, often miscommunicated and abused it, but I, I just so badly don't want anyone to miss out. I've got to tell you, for what it's worth, if you know me and you have, if I have any credibility with you, then hopefully this will count for something. I pray in tongues every day. I get to a place in my life, in my day, quite literally daily, where I just don't know what else to pray. I've prayed everything I can in my own strength, according to my own thoughts, according to my own mind. And I'm so grateful that, that I believe God makes available to us this heavenly language, this ability to pray in tongues where we don't know what we're praying and it bypasses our mind. I know it sounds so strange, but I want to encourage you. I don't have time to... to this is a whole message or a whole series on its own. I just want to highlight the fact that I believe that this is available to us today. And I want to highlight two sermons to you in the chat right now. The hosts will post links to two sermons that I want to recommend to you. Now, I've got to warn you, please don't click on any other video that you find in YouTube. I'm shocked by the amount of, in my opinion, junk and scary stuff that appears in the column the moment you put in the word tongue. So please don't click on any of that. Don't be put off by the characters that you see uh, preaching or teaching on this. Trust me, try these two sermons. The one is by a pastor called John Chastain. I don't think anyone knows who he is, but great message on speaking in tongues. And then uh, Chris Hodges, who a lot of you are familiar with. Um, I, I love him. I have so much respect for him. This message is the message that we show at the end of our Freedom Encounter weekend. So I want to recommend that to you. And then lastly, I want to also recommend a very easy to read book by a friend of ours. Pastor Johan Minna, who leads a church, uh, Church Alive in Johannesburg. He's written a book that's available on Amazon for about $5, Amazon Kindle, and it's called The Third Person. All of these will be available in the links. Otherwise, just email us, Milneton at viewchurch.co.za, and we'll, we'll send you the link. So the first phrase I want to highlight is in the spirit, and then the second phrase that I want to highlight is where it says, on all occasions. Please don't miss this. Some versions talk about pray all the time, but I think it's misleading because actually what this word occasions is referring to, it's not referring to time as we know it. So there are two different Greek words for the word that we translate time. One is the word chronos. So this is the literal time. So if I were to tell you what the time is, I look at my watch and I know exactly what the time is right now today. You know the date, you know the time, it's completely objective. But then there is another Greek word for time, that we translate time, and it is pronounced kairos. And this refers more to a moment, to an experience, to an opportunity, to an occasion. So, for example, I can tell you that I married my wife, my favorite wife, Sue, on the 20th of November, 1999, right? So, so that was the chronos. That, that, that's chronologically in our lives. That's the date and the moment that we got married. But I've got to tell you that it was a lot more than just a chronos moment. It was a kairos moment. It was a life-changing moment. It was a significant moment. And what I think this passage is actually saying to us is, number one, I think it's saying that we need to be praying in the Spirit when we like at every possible opportunity, so every time we have a Kairos opportunity, which could be a conflict, it could be an opportunity at work, it could be when you're encountering somebody, it could be when you're facing a challenge, 
Don't let prayer be your last resort. Let it be your first response. So I think it's saying that we need to be praying. We need to make sure that we are prayerfully approaching every significant opportunity and occasion. But I also think, and this is my proposal to you, that if we are prayerful towards the ordinary, it might turn the ordinary into the occasion. It might turn the Kronos moment into a Kairos moment. And I can't help but wonder if, if we put a little more prayer into our school day, if we put a little more prayer into our preparation for that exam, if we put a little more prayer into that meeting, if we put a little more prayer into um, trying to approach uh, our business cre creatively, and especially people that are needing God to provide supernaturally or to, or to give a brand new idea or to provide work from areas that they've never had work from before. I want, to I want to suggest and propose to you that if we will approach this prayerfully in the Spirit, so as well being prompted and led by the Spirit, I think that you can actually turn some of those moments into a kairos and not just into a chronos moment. I, I think that that's even... That even can reflect our attitude during this 21 days of prayer. And for those of you that haven't joined us yet, don't worry about it at all. We've got seven days left. Join in with us tomorrow. Just, just log on to our website on our main homepage. Just scroll down a little bit. You'll see where to link. And you can either join us at 1 p.m. every day. Otherwise, the videos remain on demand for 24 hours. And I'm saying that if we are actually prayerfully approaching this time of prayer and fasting, I think we can redeem the time. We can almost converted, redeem it from Kronos to Kairos to where we're turning it into something significant. I don't mean this to patronize you. I honestly believe that even this season of COVID, for so many people, they're going to look back at 2020 and they're going to refer to it as a Kronos moment. Yeah, 2020, it was a waste. Oh, can we just, can we like throw 2020 away already? Can we get past it? Can we get into 2021, maybe 2022? And I just think that Christians, that believers, people that are in a relationship with God have to have a different attitude towards the season. I think that when we are praying in the Spirit, we will actually be open to the possibility that God might want to use the pain and the frustration of a season like this to do something in our lives that otherwise could never be achieved. Let's have an attitude where we are praying in the Spirit at all occasions. Let's recognize and respond to these opportunities. I believe that we can learn that, that, that as we learn to pray first, as our sort of daily habit, I believe that we're going to become more and more uh, comfortable. It, it'll, be, it'll be second nature for us to be praying constantly. I love the way that Rich Wilkerson Jr. Uh, puts it. He says, what you do daily determines who you become permanently. What you do daily determines who you become permanently. So we've, we've preached a lot on habits and how we're not going to become you know, what we hope. We're going to become what our habits are. And we first form habits and then our habits form us. So I can't encourage enough. Like I, there, there are not many habits that I would argue are any more important than developing a daily prayer habit. If you've been with us for a while, you might have heard me use this acrostic before. The, the, the word P-R-A-Y stands for pause, rejoice, ask and yield. And I want to just 
use the, the remaining moments that we have together just, just to remind you of some of the, the valuable principles here. I'm going to spend most of the time on the first letter P, so don't panic, and then the last three letters we're going to fly through. But, but this first letter P, so as we pray, I believe that, that one of the most significant shifts that's taken place in my life and that I want to encourage you to consider is where we actually pause, where, where we slow down. And, and when I say pause, you don't have to get into like a heavy sort of in a hum moment and necessarily empty your mind. Although I do think some people need to sit still long enough to actually just quieten down. But the goal, the goal isn't the pausing. Frankly, the goal isn't even the being quiet. The goal is being present. The goal is to allow everything around me, everything in me. In fact, in fact nothing around me might change, but, but, but I need what is in me to actually quieten down enough to be present with God. I'm embarrassed to admit that so much of my adult life, my relationship with God has been busy. It's been activistic. And looking back, I realized that, that at times it's been a little bit superficial um, because it's been very mechanistic. It's been very, yeah, very much about, about God, please, and yes, and do, and and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not incorrect. It's incomplete. And, and I think that to some extent, I've missed part of the relational aspect. And I'm convinced that God is still on mission. And He wants me to care about people that are far from Him. And He wants me to care about other people. And He wants me to make a difference. But it's in the context of actually walking with Him, being present with Him, that I don't try and run ahead of Him. I believe that He invites us. Please, if you, if you miss everything else I say today, Please hear this word, invitation. When we talk about prayer, it's not one more thing for you to feel guilty about. It's not one more thing for you to get wrong. It's not one more thing for you to miss out on. If you're missing out on it and you're not getting it right and you're not spending time with God, I'm not here to make you feel worse. I'm here to remind you that you are invited to enjoy the presence of your Creator of your sustainer, of your waymaker. We are, we are invited to slow down enough to be present. Now, for some people, slowing down, in fact, in fact, interestingly, what I've found for myself is that a lot of the time, my slowing down actually looks like moving. So, so as I sometimes go for a bit of a jog or if I might go and hike somewhere or, or walk next to water, for some reason, water, like calm water, in fact, at the beginning of this lockdown, just, just before the hard lockdown, I went for a, a bit of a jog next to the Milneton Lagoon. Um, I actually took a photo that we use at the moment on our main uh, web page. It was just glossy. It was beautiful. The, the lagoon water with the mountain in the background, and it was a clear day. Like it just, there's something about that that helps me to be present with God. So again, you don't have to necessarily be sitting in a dark corner somewhere by yourself, but for some people, that's what they need. Whatever it takes, the goal is to pause in order to be present. And I want to encourage you, don't, don't get frustrated. Don't, don't give up if you don't feel like you're managing to do that. Try again tomorrow and the next day and the next day. We, we do live in a, in a time, in a moment where, where our biggest battle is immediate gratification. We're, we're able to get what we want at the drop of a hat. We're able to stimulate ourselves, distract ourselves, get what we want when we want it. And, and yet that's not realistic. Often when it comes to our relationship with God, it takes time. And not because we're having to convince God, 
We're not having to twist God's arm. We're not having to, to beg God to pay attention to us. I am fairly confident that God is paying attention to you. God's not the one that we need to get to be present with us. We're the ones that sometimes we need to be patient with ourselves to get present with God. And it may take effort. That's okay. Don't think if it's God, it's going to require no effort from you. I'm telling you, a lot of the time, it takes a lot of effort for me to quiet my busy, distracted, distracted, sometimes fractured, diffused mind to actually quieten down long enough. In fact, in some cases, I've had to go for a hike for like a few hours before I feel like I can even begin to actually be present with God because I'm so busy still trying to go through a list with Him and, and think about stuff and solve problems and, and, and just do, do, do. And God's saying, just, Jason, if I can just get you just to relax a bit, enjoy being with me, enjoy my creation, be present with me. I want to encourage you not to give up. Don't grow weary in doing good. I honestly believe that, that pausing patiently long enough to be present as we pray, it will change your life. This is why I'm spending so much time on this point. The next three, we're going to wrap up quickly. I just, I cannot emphasize how important this is. In fact, a, a very practical example for me of this, and if, if the weather had played along, we would have actually gone to film at Newlands Forest, but, but I kind of started hiking there towards the end of last year, and I remember the first day I went, I mean, it's a whole long story, but in fact, even how I landed up going, I, I, I felt under pressure. It was a Saturday. I had work to do. I had an assignment to get done. We had church the next day. Like, there's always stuff to get done. I just felt like God challenged me, like, Jason, go and rest. Get out. Enjoy it. Sabbath. And I've since then come to realize that Sabbath is a gift that is given. It's not, it's not a reward that we earn. Sabbath is a gift. And so anyway, I, I landed up... I've been thinking for a while about going back to Newlands Forest. I went there once years ago. It wasn't a great experience. So I went there. I didn't realize that some big festival was taking place. So first of all, I couldn't even find parking. When I finally found parking and I started walking up through the parking area in the bottom section of Newlands, it was mayhem. They had like this fire services expedition going on. There was like some trail running competition going on. It was just chaos. Yet I found that the moment I, I, I got onto a, a smaller path and I started climbing up towards the contour path, on Table Mountain. It's like the crowds fell away. Very soon I couldn't even hear anybody. And I could actually hear the birds and, and I could hear the leaves rustling. And it was beautiful, it was spectacular, it was refreshing. I, I remember actually coming back later that day, uh, when I got back home after several hours, I felt like I'd been on holiday for a week. It was so refreshing for me. But what stood out to me is that when I first started out, it was noisy. It was mayhem, it, it was hectic. But then as I persevered, it became peaceful. I was able to be present. I was able to think clearly. And so again, I want to encourage you, don't give up when you're trying to spend time with God and it's all just noisy and it's hectic. Sometimes you've got to just hang in there, persevere to be present with God. He loves you and he wants to be present with you. I know that, that a lot of people instinctively, even if you're not thinking it out loud, you'd say, I don't have time to slow down, to be present, to, to get wisdom you know, before I need to solve the next problem and, and deal with the next crisis. And, and I get that. And the truth is, in that moment, you often don't have the time then to actually suddenly try and get tuned into God. That's why we want to tune into God on a daily basis so that we're able to 
click into you know sensitivity and discernment in like immediately when there is a crisis and i can't help thinking of of someone like moses uh moses i think I'm, I'm guessing a little bit i'm taking a bit of license i think that moses during his 40 years in the wilderness where he's often alone i think that he'd become a lot more sensitive I wonder if that time hadn't prepared him for the chaos that was going to come when God called him to lead millions of Israelites out of Egypt. In fact, I'm so convinced of this idea that the more consistently I pause in moments of calm, the more likely I am to be present in moments of crisis. The more consistently I pause in moments of calm, the more likely I am to be present in moments of crisis. Or maybe put another way, the more consistently I pause in chronos, like in the regular moments, the more likely I am to be present in the kairos moments. Or the more consistently I presence myself with God in obscurity, the more likely I am to be present with Him in a moment of opportunity. And so we, we actually see this in the life of Moses. Exodus chapter 14, verse 13 He's standing on the edge of the Red Sea with a few million Israelites bunched up against him, starting to accuse him, saying, like, have you brought us out here just to kill us? Why did you even lead us out of Egypt in the first place? Because, because the Egyptian army, which is kind of like having the now Chinese and, and Russian and, and uh, American armies you know, probably barreling down on you, they were barreling down on, these, on a few million Israelites, and they're like, we're dead. Thank you very much, Moses. Why'd you bring us here just to annihilate us in the wilderness and Moses I think because he was so consistent in tuning into God this is my assumption that because I think he was in the habit of being present with God I think even in that moment of chaos he was able to discern God and it says in verse 13 but Moses told the people don't be afraid think about how much confidence and security this must have taken just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. The more consistently I pause in moments of calm, the more likely I am to be present in moments of crisis. I want to encourage you to pray in the Spirit at all opportunities at every important moment. And to develop that habit, we want to P-R-A-Y, we want to pause. Secondly, we want to rejoice. This is an attitude that we come to God with. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 onwards says, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Be thankful in all circumstances. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. There's something, in fact, there's probably nothing else that will better draw you into God's presence and giving you appropriate perspective than to give Him sincere thanks. I mentioned, I think sometime last year, that a friend of ours, you know, also like encourages her children regarding 
putting on different parts of, of the armor of God every day, and, they, and they've developed a few extra bits for themselves, and one of them is the gratitude goggles. And I love this idea of putting on the goggles of gratitude, where, I'm, where, where daily I'm looking for something to thank God for. I cannot encourage you enough to form a daily habit. So every day, pray, and every day as you pray, recognize things to thank God for. We want to pause to be present. We want to rejoice as we reflect. And then third, we want to ask. Obviously, a part of prayer is asking. But I think sometimes we've made that all that prayer is about. And we forget that it's actually about a relationship, so being present. We forget that, that actually we get to worship and thank God. That's, again, that's part of Him being Lord in our lives. But absolutely, we get to ask. And I want to remind you that He is our Father. He's not our Pharaoh. He's our Father. He's not our Pharaoh. You're allowed <laughs> to ask. In fact, you can ask God for anything as long as you surrender whatever you ask to His will. 1 John 5 verse 14 and 15 says that we are confident that He hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases Him. And since we know He hears us when we make our requests, we also know that He will give us what we ask for. In other words, anything, any prayer prayed according to God's will will be answered. Any prayer prayed according to God's will will be answered. So again, I want to remind you, you can ask God for anything as long as you surrender that anything ultimately to His will. In fact, even as Jesus taught us the model of how to pray, He says, Our Father who is in heaven, may, may His name be honored. He's, you know, your prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done. So we always want to do it in that context. And one, one other thought under this area of asking is I want to encourage you to not only ask for yourself. In fact, that model of the Lord's Prayer, in, in, I think in every instance, it doesn't make reference to me and my. It makes reference to our and us. Our Father. Our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us away from temptation. Deliver us from evil. So I want to encourage you. I think it makes for a healthy prayer life and a healthy prayer paradigm. And we're also praying for other people, those that are not yet in a relationship with God and those that are your brothers and sisters in the family of God. Lastly, I want to encourage you to yield. So we want to pause to be present. We want to rejoice as we reflect on God's goodness and faithfulness and kindness. We want to ask. And then lastly, we want to yield. So we, we actually want to surrender to God's will and His agenda. Again, I made reference to this a moment ago. Matthew 6 verse 10 says, your, this is speaking to God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why wouldn't I surrender to this good God? If I am enjoying His presence, if I'm pausing long enough to become secure in His presence, to get perspective, if I am rejoicing as I put on my goggles of gratitude and I pay attention to how good he is and I'm thanking him for what he's done. I feel confident in asking him for things and surrender. Why wouldn't I yield? Why wouldn't I want to surrender? Like I think it'll be natural as I ultimately surrender to his will for my life. 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9 says that the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth 
in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. God is looking to, to put power and strength and energy into people who are surrendered to him, people who are yielded to him. And all I can encourage you to do when it comes to surrender, when it comes to yielding, is to just do the next right thing that you know to do. If you have a sense that God's prompting you to do something, do it. You, you develop an obedience muscle as you do what you think God wants you to do. And if you make a mistake, that's okay. You, you're going to learn very quickly, I, I don't think that was God, I think that was me. Or no, no, that must have been God. Look at the result. I want to encourage you to practice this obedience muscle. And the final encouragement that I want to offer to every single person is that, and this is what I love about Newlands Forest, by the way, is that number one, is free. So it's not for the middle class or the wealthy. It starts off very easy. So it's not only for the fit and the fanatical. Anybody can go walk for a few minutes or you can go hike and get lost for hours. You can develop stamina over time or you can just go and pop in there and just go and sit next to a stream. And I want to encourage you that your relationship with God, like, like a relationship with God is made available. You are invited. It's free. It's freely available for every single person. But the question is, will you take your next step? Will you say yes to Jesus? Will you say yes? And by the way, that's, that's for people that are not yet in a relationship with God. You can start off today by saying, yes. Yes, thank you for the cross. Thank you for your forgiveness of sins. Thank you that you want to lead me and guide me that you have a destiny for my life. You can say yes to Jesus, and, and that's pretty much how you begin a relationship. But whether you have just decided to serve Him today, or whether you've been serving Him for 20 years, or 30 years, or 40 years, there's always a next yes. And I believe that as we keep surrendering, as we keep doing the next right thing we know to do, you're gonna be amazed one day as you turn around and you see this incredible journey. There have been some days where, where I've just gotten, I've had time and I've gotten lost going up through Newlands, along the contour path, Kirsten Bosch, upscaling Gorge, over the mountain, back around the mountain. And it's just been spectacular and it's been beautiful. And there are days where it's been raining and it's crisp and clear, but wet and the rivers are gushing. And then there are other days where it's been dry and hot, but it's all been an adventure. I want to invite you to keep taking that next step in your adventure with God as you pray in the Spirit at all opportune moments. Keep saying yes to Jesus. And if you are saying yes for the first time today, then I want to encourage you to click on the Connect With Us button, allow us to direct you towards some very simple next steps that help you start praying, help you to start reading your Bible so that you can continue on this journey that you've begun. But let me pray for you before we let you go today. Father, thank you so much that you invite us. Thank you that you empower us. Thank you that you offer us all these different parts of the armor of God. Thank you, God, that you actually want to give us the strength that we need to not only survive, but to actually make incredible progress, to make a difference, to flourish in this life. God, please, would you help us to recognize your invitation to pause and be present with you. Would you help us to recognize 
your invitation and this regular reminder to rejoice and to actually look around and to reflect on the many good things that you've done in our lives and that you've done in the lives of those around us. God, would you help us to recognize the invitation to ask you to see you as a good dad? And Lord, would you help us to recognize the invitation to constantly yield to you and the adventure that you've called us to? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you. May you have a great week, grace and peace.